Here in Maryland, it is March and cold, but today we're going on an endless summer vacation. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And this week, we will be discussing the brand new album by the one and only Miley Cyrus, Endless Summer Vacation. Very exciting. Our first ever new release that we've covered. Yeah, first week release coverage is definitely a new thing for us you know it's it's a little bit freeing for me i'll speak for myself on that one a little bit freeing and not having the uh the pressure of these highly coveted albums but it also has a little bit of pressure that comes with uh this is full-on opinion this is full-on first couple of listen opinions let's see where we go with this one yes exactly and it's of course part of our Harry's House concept month we had to do because half the songs on the album we found out not just one are produced by his producer so that gives us a lot of lot to talk about and uh I was actually shocked to find this out one of them actually has credits on her bangers album oh really yeah Tyler Johnson does which I was pretty shocked by but not on a big hit from that album but there's a few names on this album that I didn't expect that we'll get into and i think everybody everybody brought themselves into this that was the gist of this album or one of the big things of this album is i feel like you could feel everybody especially miley yeah and uh i think it's important to note this actually is really a new beginning for miley cyrus because this is well it's her first album in a couple of years first of all and It's actually her first album under her new record contract with Columbia Records. Before this, she was with RCA for a while, and uh, that contract ended, and she's now with Columbia. And what's interesting is there's actually this thing that people call the RCA curse, which is in more recent years, some artists who've been signed to their label have experienced commercial declines while on the label. And uh, people say it's because RCA doesn't do enough to promote their artists. And Miley Cyrus was one of the cited artists. And actually, this is a pretty bad example of a label not backing its artists. Um, Upon the release of her previous album, Plastic Hearts, on the release date, a lot of, um, I don't think any physical copies of the album were ready for sale. Wow. And that was under RCA? Yes. Wow, that's that's insane to think. That's pretty bad. I'm not one to really believe in curses, but that is pretty bad management right there. I mean, you talk about the flip side of that. Columbia, what was it? New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? They already started popping this out. Yeah, I I saw it. New Year, New Miley, because um, so starting last year, I'm guessing she'll be doing it for a while now. Miley Cyrus has a New Year's Eve special on NBC. And um, I actually did watch it this year because I could stream it on Peacock. I thought, okay, let me use that and I'll stream it. And I like the special. She had some pretty neat duets on it, which I thought were cool. Huh. Uh, she even duetted with David Byrne and Dolly Parton. That that one slipped under my radar. I mean, I am in full fish mode usually on New Year's Eve. Th- this is fair. I just wanted a low-key new year's eve up i'm just gonna watch the miley cyrus show and uh i'm glad i did but throughout the show at least on peacock i kept seeing not just new year new Miley. i kept seeing ads for the lead single dropping on january 13th and it was called flowers and i thought i just thought that's an interesting name for a lead single i just felt like that's just i was like what flowers what is this 
I mean, to me, it sounds like a slow ballad, I thought. That was the first impression. I thought, I thought is this going to be some, like, slow ballad song and it's her new single? That's not what I was expecting. And I didn't know she was at a new label or any of that at the time. I was just like, okay, hmm. This this was 100% first listen for me. I, I had no idea about Flowers. Uh, you know, we talk about me living underneath a rock as far as... <laughs> pop music goes sometimes but i had not heard that before um but i'm with you 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 hear the name flowers and you're like oh what's this like a little a little soft song by miley cyrus but no well well, well not so much yeah we'll talk about it more when we actually talk about the song we will because there's a lot to unpack there um but yeah it was just like okay new year new miley but uh the single took off in a really big way it was Bigger than I expected. I think it's pretty crazy. So far, Miley Cyrus has the top song of the year. Wow. Frankly. Wow. Um, And it, it's had legs. It's had legs. And it's her biggest hit in quite some time. So Since Wrecking Ball, right? Yeah. And uh, that was not recently. It kind of feels like yesterday, but I think that's just us aging. <laughs> It is. I'm that glad you said that because it feels like yesterday. It does. It does. But well, she did it this time without ridiculous shock value, which um, I give her a lot of credit for because that was some people like that. That was not for me. The whole <laughs> swinging naked on the wrecking ball. For me, my respect for her grew when she was coaching on The Voice. And that's really when I found her as an artist. I always had fun seeing her antics. But as far as seeing who she really was, I really gained a lot of respect for her as an artist throughout however many seasons it was. She was definitely a driving force in the coaching, and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed her uh, her way of, of handling the, the kids, so to speak, and teaching them. But also, I enjoyed her professionalism inside of it because it was the yin to the yang of that shock value, Miley, that wasn't necessarily for me as well. Yeah, uh, I'd fallen off the voice train at that point. I was in college, so that right there will tell you that just was not the first thing I was going to watch at that point in time. And I did watch The Voice a lot before then. And I have I wasn't a huge fan of hers. Like, I didn't watch Hannah Montana. There were a couple of her songs, I had to admit, when I heard them. I was like, no, this is a catchy song. But overall, especially during the Bangers era, like I said, like the twerking and the naked on the wrecking ball, I just, I wasn't here for it. I just felt like she was trying way too hard to show I'm not on Disney anymore. I'm not with Disney anymore. So I'm going to be as wild as possible. And I just, it didn't work for me. It clearly worked for some people, but not for me. I liked to hear her speak on that, on the Disney plus special too, when she was like, I'm paraphrasing, but she said something to the point of it's really who I want to show people or who I want people to see me as, or, how I do it for the, again, I'm paraphrasing, but for the show of it. And I like that because I feel like we get a, a truer Miley here than we have before, in my opinion. Um, not getting too far into it, but, you know, just, just seeing her speak about herself and about her art so candidly and so, in my opinion, so truthfully in the Disney Plus thing, I thought that was 
that was a unique piece. This new Miley that we just started talking about a couple minutes ago, that was a perfect example of it. Yeah, and I do think that's important to point out because even since Bangers, from what I've seen, she's gone for these kind of full-on, I'm going to do this specifically. Like with Bangers, I'm going to do this hip-hop-influenced sound and I'm going to be the wild white girl twerking and do all that. And then later on, it's, oh, I'm going to be a country singer. That album didn't do too well for her at all. And a lot of people I knew didn't like it. And then with Plastic Hearts, which I really liked, and that which really made me like her music, is she did an 80s rock album, pretty much. But, like, yeah. there was no denying. It was like she was just doing different things. And some of it worked, some of it didn't. Yeah. But I agree, this feels more her. And for those who don't know, there is a Disney Plus special about this album called Endless Summer Vacation, The Backyard Sessions. And uh, it was really helpful for us because she actually really shed some light on the songs and the process of creating this album, which is important to see. I like when artists really let us in like that. And we got some performances with it to boot. So that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I definitely enjoyed that one. Wrapping real quick back around the Plastic Hearts. And just because we're talking about the new Miley, I enjoyed Plastic Hearts as well, even when it came out. But it also was, for me, more of almost a cover album. I mean, yeah, of course, the last four tracks are cover-esque, but it was, in my opinion, her sort of emulating other artists or other inspirations rather than her. And this one is New Miley. I agree completely. I did enjoy Plastic Hearts. It has some great songs on it, but she's definitely, you can see what her influence is. It's kind of like Harry Styles, frankly, before this Harry's house with Fine Line. It's like, I like the songs, but I know what you're going for. It's like, okay, I know you're paying homage to Fleetwood Mac or Joni Mitchell or whoever. And in the case of Miley Cyrus, it's no, I'm paying homage to Blondie or Stevie Nicks, and I have a duet with Billy Idol, which, good stuff, but yeah, it's definitely, it feels like kind of a pastiche almost, which, if it's done well, I'll like it. I thought Plastic Hearts was done well, but this yeah. it does feel like kind of a summation of all of her experiences. It does. And I think that's important, and uh, it is a new year, new Miley, that's for sure, and so far the people seem to be responding it doesn't look like this album is going to debut at the top of the charts because of the giant um morgan wallen album that came out because it has 36 songs on it which is stupid but and it's not a double it's just a straight up it's just a straight up thing which i don't agree with but whatever (laughs) that's we're not here to talk about that um (laughs) so uh, when you have that many people streaming different songs on it you're kind of rigging the charts, frankly, but that's yeah, what even, they're doing. Even the first numbers that were coming through streaming, it looked like there was a decline in people. And maybe I was reading it wrong, but it just seemed like there was a decline in people finishing this album, which was a little disheartening to me, but hopefully that wasn't the case for yeah, everyone. I think it's getting some... I think it's getting some flack for its numbers because the lead single has been so huge. Heard. That makes what? sense. It's broken a lot of streaming records, actually. And I think that creates just an impossible expectation. That's a great point. And um, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel like with this album, we might have a similar single situation to Harry ha Harry's house, actually, where the lead single is so huge that no other single is going to stand the chance even coming close to it in popularity. Yeah. Do you think there do you have picks for what you think they'll pop out as singles off this album? Oh, I do. And I'll mention them when we get to them. There already is a second single, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, River is the second single. There's a video for it. Huh. Okay. But Flowers is still going strong. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, it just now recently fell out of the top spot and it's went down to number two. It's not going. It's not going anywhere. It's still inescapable. It might return to the top spot frankly that was like 10 weeks wasn't it? wasn't it? it it topped the charts for six weeks six okay okay but it could come back wow because as it was kept coming back up to the top of the chart i Her. wouldn't be surprised if something similar might happen here but uh well we're getting ahead of ourselves so in the meantime let's actually get into it and talk about this album yeah man Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Begins with none other than the lead single, Flowers. Um, it's an inescapable single. This was huge immediately. I was seeing people post about it. And I was actually kind of shocked because I thought, oh, I didn't think this was going to be that big of a deal because I knew Miley Cyrus. Obviously, she's been around a long time. She'll always have her fans. But she wasn't somebody I thought of as being that big, hot thing now. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Because it had been a while since she'd had a huge hit frankly some of her songs that even deserve to do better were, like midnight sky wasn't that big of a hit i didn't see people posting it all over social media um like the last time i remembered her getting this much talk was frankly with bangers and we can't stop and wrecking ball yeah no i agree and so i was like what is this and then we see, oh, it's a breakup song, which it is. So this is kind of Miley Cyrus's divorce album. For those who don't know, she had an on-again, off-again relationship with actor Liam Hemsworth for a decade. And they got married in 2018 and divorced in 2020. And uh, yeah, this song's not shy about it. I mean, she even says, we had a house and watched it burn. That's about Liam Hemsworth. Their house burned down in a wildfire. And the other thing with is because of all this drama surrounding the song, it's got people talking. This is definitely a page I feel like from the Olivia Rodrigo playbook. Because everybody was talking about driver's license and all the drama surrounding it. And uh, that got people interested in the song, of course. And I feel like they did it again here to an extent. I can I can see that. I, I liked where she went on the Disney Plus saying that if you can't love yourself, then you can't love anybody else. And that made sense for the song, too. But I can definitely see where you're coming from as far as the popularity gaining because of what's going on inside of it, you know? Yeah, but to be fair, that's not always going to last. True. That might fall off the next week, but this song has legs, as I've mentioned. And... Uh, 
I think that's because it's a good song. It's not, I mean, it is a self-love anthem at the end of the day. And what a lot of people noted was the chorus is an inverse of the Bruno Mars song, When I Was Your Man. Did you not know this? No, I didn't. I was, I've been trying to figure out what song it reminds me of the whole entire time. I don't know if that's still the song, though. I'm not even going to try to sing what has been piecing together in my brain the whole time I've been listening to it, but... So it makes sense now that you say it. Well, the story, when I first heard, I thought this sounds kind of familiar. I was reminded of it, but the story that's going around about it is that Liam Hemsworth at their wedding dedicated the Bruno Mars song, When I Was Your Man, to her. And the chorus of that song goes like, I should have bought you flowers, should have held your hand. Yeah. Like, I should have done this things. And in this song, she's reversed it by saying, I can buy myself flowers. I can hold my own hand. Oh, shit. I thought you were talking about musically, and I'm trying no, to do the like the lyrics are. Of course. I didn't I didn't even see that. That's genius. Good yeah. for you, Miley. Holy moly. I talk about that a bunch through my notes, but whoo-wee, her ability to paint pictures. She And again, I keep going back to this Disney Plus, but like you said, it was such a, a unique tool, especially this early on to hear her talk about it. But it... it it lends itself to that what she was talking about a candid conversation she was like you know if you're a friend of mine and 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 you know this is how it is you know tongue in in cheek shade you know deep stuff happy stuff all over the board but it it's personal and and a lot of her lyrics or slash narratives throughout this album for me are personal and and this begins that yeah and uh in this case, because this is a celebrity couple, people were really quick to pick up on it, but people love the song, and a lot of people, it's just speaking to a lot of people. It was actually the most streamed song on Valentine's Day this year. <laughs> because that. people are, I guess, feeling salty, so they're telling myself, I can buy my own flowers, damn it. <laughs> oh, man, I'm blown away by the fact that it's the inverse of the Bruno Mars, and that's their piece of the wedding. That That is awesome. Awesome. What a awesome tidbit for that song and these easter eggs she say like she won't confirm it she's just taking that page from like a taylor swift or an olivia rodrigo just it builds intrigue and it's a smart thing to do yeah it and it's is. new for her because she hasn't done it before yeah it, it definitely is uh, as far as this song goes first listen it really made sense to me as an opener because it was the lead single it's powerful enough to captivate and the public was already with it. So it makes sense to lead off with it. But after hearing her talk about the morning day half of the album into the night half of the album, I, I just don't know if this is, I feel like this fits on the night half of the album a little bit better for me. Um, as far as an opener, I don't, um, I could see record company wise being like, let's open with this, but she was so happy to tell you her cinematic thought process throughout this and i feel like flowers is here because it's the lead single in my opinion yeah i honestly i know she had that process i'm not sure it uh, actually completely realizes itself on the album um i'll talk more about that when we get towards the end of it but yeah i mean in a way yet this is it has a light disco arrangement to it yeah that's what it is and it's a kid harpoon and tyler johnson production and again, that was a smart move. I feel like this was 
there was a lot going into the thought of this album, as in it was going to be a bit of a comeback for Miley, as in we're going to talk about and getting these guys on board because Harry's with Columbia too. I feel like it was all very conscious on their part and a good idea because they're good producers and they helped bring this song to that next level and gave it a nice bouncy arrangement. And it's a catchy song. It's not surprising to see why people like it, whether or not you relate to the music, you can dance to it. You can sing along to it. It's just one of those songs. Yeah. And, and I'll say it a couple more times as we go through, but them producing on this album harkens for me back to when I heard Harry's house for the first time. And I was convinced that I was missing out on this sub genre of pop, but now these guys are building this. In my opinion, they're building this sound because they're there's sounds that mimic each other on both of these albums. And I dig it. I dig it. And this, we haven't even hit the real stuff that really brings me back to Harry's house, which is cool because we're doing this whole Harry's house month. And, uh, it was an unexpected one for me to hear the the similarities and this. I'll go out and say this lo-fi pop movement that's coming out of these guys with these artists. Yeah, and this definitely continues it. And I think it's continuing it well because it's just going to get them to dominate the radio in 2023 as they did in 2022. Yep, yep. So it's a beautiful life with flowers, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> and... Uh, we're going to continue living that beautiful life with our second song, Jaded, not an Aerosmith cover, but um, <laughs> a uh, song. So this one was actually produced by Greg Kirsten, who's worked with a bunch of people, most notably Adele. He's produced several of her biggest hits. He did Hello and Easy on me. So okay, definitely someone we've all heard. Um, this isn't a full on ballad, but it's more of a mid tempo tune. And, uh, it's about the breakup again, but it switches perspective again um, in that it's a bit more sympathetic toward her ex because she's saying, I'm sorry that you're jaded. It's like, I'm sorry this is this way. But at the same time, she's still asserting herself saying, you're messing out because I could have taken you places. She she is indeed. And, you yeah. know, here, I, I had Liam question mark here because I didn't even realize the flowers thing. And of course, this is about Liam. I mean, yeah, because and it makes sense. She has so much history with this man over the course of 10 years. And I have to say, I didn't realize until now how much of a writer Miley was, because in the past, some of her biggest hits were not written by her. Like they weren't even written for her in some cases. I actually read Wrecking Ball was originally written for Beyonce. Yep. And We Can't Stop, I knew, was originally written for Rihanna. So, and obviously, at Disney, obviously, they're writing their songs for you if you were Hannah Montana. That's just the Disney machine. That's not on her. So, again, I think it's much like with Harry. It's pretty cool to see that she's a real writer in a way that I didn't know. And... I respect that. And we're seeing her grow, of course. This is, um, again, I think this is a really solid tune. And when I first heard it, I thought she oversang it a bit. But the more I listened to it, the more it grew on me. And actually, I'm, I think her vocal on the Disney Plus special might have been better than on the album. Actually, no, it was. I liked it better. 
Yeah, I did. There, there's a couple parts in that Disney Plus special that are just a little bit better for me than than we get on this album. But this one, I'll go ahead and say it. I think this could have been a solid, super solid opener for this album in the sense of her narrative of day and night in the summer. Oh yeah summertime vacation like and i love that here we go right off the top with this now we're in that lo-fi summer chill vibe automatically coming in this song and but i love the power behind her voice um i'm glad that you touched on her you felt like it was she was over singing it i i didn't feel that she was over singing it but i felt like it was just such a powerful presence coming out of her on this one um, and I, I love the lyrics. You, you already touched on some of my favorite pieces inside of this, just the way that she narrates and lets you know exactly where she's at. She, it, you don't have to think too much on this one with with her narrative, but she keeps you thinking an, just enough, if if that makes sense to anyone <laughs> other than me, you know? But, you know, that summer vibe is definitely not lost throughout this whole entire song, and I dig that. It's that daytime vibe. And for me, this is the start of that summer day of this summer vacation. I mean, it started the concert special, so I don't think you're often saying this is an opener. True. And what I like about it is I think this song just has enough of that rock edge to fit really well with her voice, because I think that's just the right style for her. That kind of slight rock edge sound. I think that's why I think Plastic Hearts worked so well. I think it was music that worked well with her voice. But really, also, we're just seeing how much she's grown as a vocalist. Like, this is not the same girl who sang The Climb Heard. when she was a teenager. Like, this is just not that girl. I don't I know. I go back to it. But this is the woman that gained my respect during the voice yeah. as far as a coach, because I, I saw that voice. I didn't necessarily see her writing skills, but I saw that voice and I was like, whoa, I didn't know that you could do that. <laughs> yeah, know? I I have to say, like, it's just she's gotten a lot better. And frankly, yeah. it's no knock on her. It's a lot of teenage singers, I think, are signed the deals before they're fully at their best vocally. I We've seen that happen with a lot of people. So Heard. it's not just her. It's like you got something going on, but you're not all the way there yet. And so, of course, she's gotten much, much better. And uh, it's like, yeah, OK, you are that girl. Now I see like I see why the appeal was there to begin with, even if I wasn't on the train the whole time. It's like this is what you can do. And that's great. And um, with that being said, Let's move on to our next song, which is Rose Colored Lenses, which I would say just a good old fashioned song about denial. Um, and the album's title comes from a lyric in this song. And uh, this to me was the one that reminded me the most of Harry's house, actually. This one, it sounded a lot like um, Daylight from that album to me, just the whole vibe of it. Um, more than anything. And again, with those descriptive lyrics, she even said in the special, I like to have descriptive lyrics. And she mentioned this song, like something like Sticky Sweet Lemonade. It's like, again, that's such a hairy thing where you'll hear him singing about pancakes or bluebirds or whatever, just to have that little detail in there. And she's uh, definitely doing that here. And uh, it just, it has that slight psychedelic feel that I kind of dig. And it's that's L.A. to me. This is so L.A. And uh, within this concept that she introduced, I think this fits very, very well into 
what she said she was going for. And um, yeah, I think this is a neat song. I think it took after something pretty cool and just fits her concept really, really well. Yeah, especially coming off of Jaded, it builds on that. It builds and keeps that lo-fi vibe uh, and the the sensibilities of that vibe from the previous track. And for me, it adds a little bit of classic American pop on the back end of it, too, with the way it brings the beat in about halfway through here. Um, But yeah, again, I'm going to say it because I love it so much. I love her ability right now. This is straight from my notes, too. I love her ability right now to make me visualize through her lyrics. They're just so beautiful and so set. And I, I love to see that from her. I love this evolution. That that wild out there sax is beautiful inside there, too. And it keeps that morning vibe. It keeps that low, relaxed summer vibe to me. Um, and I like the outro to this one, too. I really do. Yeah, this is another winner off of the beginning of this album we're going really strong here i like to see that and uh, i think that streak continues with our next song which is thousand miles and uh this one has an emotional backstory that she talked about in the special she said she first wrote it around 2016 or 2017 and it was called happy girl and it was inspired by a close friend of hers who lost her sister to suicide, which is horrible. And obviously you're going to be thinking a lot after you hear that, not necessarily about wanting to do that, but just uh, it's one of those things that cuts deep when you hear something like that. And uh, Miley wrote a song about it, but over time she said it evolved into something a bit more joyous and she was really happy to have had that happen. And, uh, It's just about moving on the best that you can, basically. And I think that's a really strong, um, poignant message. And uh, one I can relate to, too, because, you know, life's just not always going to go your way. And uh, especially in times of loss, sometimes you just, it can be really hard, but you got to keep going. And I feel like this song kind of really speaks to that very well, I think. It does. I feel like it also on this album really starts to speak to her country roots and country sensibilities of her voice. And I love that in the vocals and also the the picking of the acoustic guitar behind her. Uh, I really enjoy that. A Thousand Miles from Anywhere is one of the most I don't know why, but it's one of the most powerful lyrics I've heard in a while. It's just, it, it spoke to me amazingly on first listen. Then I found out her, you know, the background story on where this evolution came from uh, and the story behind that. And, and it just, it speaks to the freedom of, of the artist and, and also the freedom of being able to deal with something and not worry where you end up, but just deal with it and then move on through life. And I, I really love that. Um, the first time I listened to this, I had to run over to the computer to see who it, or to see if I could see who it was. Um, Brandy Carlisle in the background of this is killing it for me. I love her sound. They sound great together. And I really love that. Uh, if I'm nitpicking, but there's an echo. Um, effect on the back end of this song and they put it on top of the harmonica and i do not dig it at all the harmonica in 
the just straight up harmonica in the Disney Plus special for me is is how that harmonica should have sounded on here. It does okay with her vocals on the on the back end of the song, but it kills that harmonica sound for me. But again, that's nitpicking. Um, this this song is awesome. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. And so actually, I think there's a reason for that, and it's in the production credits. So Kid Harpoon and Tyler Johnson did do this song. Okay, but there's another producer too. Uh, somebody very different from them. Mike Will made it. Oh, yes. And uh, this got a lot of fans very happy because he was the guy who produced a lot of the Bangers album, which was her most successful album and one that has a strong following. A lot of people love that album. But I don't think that that vibe really fits with this song at all. Yeah. And... uh. I mean, I'm guessing that's a Mike Will made it decision. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't even I, I knew he was later on in this album because you really start to hear that trap sensibility. Um, and it made me look. I didn't realize he was on this track. And it's really only the the end of this track. And again, like I said, I'm nitpicking. I really, really love this song. Yeah, I think that's just Mike Will made it for you. Because <laughs> it's it's a hip hop producer along with the Harry Styles producers. It's a bit of an odd combo. <laughs> but people, her fans are Mike Will Made It fans, and they must have a good enough relationship to keep working together. But uh, none of those producers are featured on the next song, which is called You. Um, this was actually produced by a couple guys I hadn't heard of before. But um, it's a love song, and... Um, it's kind of like she's really admitting that she's a wild one. She's a lot to deal with. And uh, she just wants to get reckless with the sky. And um, so my best friend from college, Ariel, is a big Miley fan. And we were talking about this album. And she was told me that Miley has a new man in her life who's a few years younger than her. So on first listen, you would think, oh, maybe it's about him. But at the same time, I thought it might be a reflection on yeah. Liam Hemsworth because she mentioned getting her hair cut short. And when they were together, she had that pixie cut. Yeah. No, we all saw that. This felt like a Liam throwback to me. Glad I wasn't the only one. No. Them thinking about the good times, I guess. Yeah. This is a powerful one, man, because I, or at least for me, lyrically, I love the way it is that, in your face love song i mean literally the title was you it's all about this other person but it's about sharing the craziest of the crazy parts of your existence with this person you know like wild stuff underneath the moon getting kicked out of bars before 2 a.m the whole nine i i love what she does here i i think this also sings to a bit of the country sensibility that's inside of her it, it reminded me of some older uh some older powerful female country uh, narratives there, I, you know, and I love the little, I shouldn't say the little, there, there's really a doo-wop undertone on this one that I like too. And it speaks to the, the female sensibilities of this track uh, almost, almost to the subconscious listener uh, that, that took a few times to really be like, okay, wait a minute. There is this little bit of doo-wop here underneath and i enjoyed that too uh you definitely hit it right on the head though different producers on here and you can feel it a little bit not too much that it takes you out but you can feel that 
it's a different way uh, than what we've been hearing so far. Uh, yeah, and um, we'll, we'll also be getting something different for sure with our next song, which is uh, Handstand, the end of the AM side of the album. Um, uh, this one, it was produced by a guy named Max Mirando, who's in a band called Daisy, which... So this is her boyfriend. This is the 24-year-old. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's is him. This oh, is him. okay. This is him. Yeah. I didn't know that, but now <laughs> I know. Okay. Learning new things while recording. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's not the only song he's on here, but this is his production strictly. And uh, Daisy is an L.A. band, so in that regard, it fits this concept. Um, so this one's a little different. Uh, it begins with a spoken word where she talks about uh, marine life and her friend Big Twitchy. Big Twitchy! And uh, so this is not an album I listened to, but a lot of people commented that this was a callback to her 2015 experimental album, Miley Cyrus and Her Dead Pets. Pets mm. with a Z instead of an S. Um, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> it, it's a thing. And uh, the song that I've heard most often referenced on it is called Pablo the Blowfish, where she mourns the loss of a blowfish. Okay. Um, and so, okay, I didn't listen to this album. It didn't sound like it was for me. And uh, I, I don't think this song's making the case, honestly. This does not fit the album for me at all. I don't quite... It's different. It's unique. I'll give it that. But I don't quite fully get what she's going for here. And um, I just I don't think it fits this album well. This one takes me out a little bit. And I don't think it's what she does best. I'm okay with anybody wanting to experiment, be different. But this just isn't it for me at all. Yeah. At first listen, I rate with you. It wasn't until after the Disney special that I was like, okay, let me give benefit of the doubt or even just let me open my mind up a little bit. I could see where this could be the sunset or the descent into the nighttime half of this album. Um, I don't think it's grimy. That's her word uh, for the nighttime. I'm, you know, I, I don't think it's grimy, but the start of it with the spoken word almost not almost it reminded me a little bit of some old school madonna um and and i sort of dug it but it it just it it wasn't my favorite on the album i do like the composition but only because it's so different than what we've been hearing but as far as like a cohesive piece it for me is a little bit of a misstep as far as where this album has been um i also have a hard time not and this is i'm 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 risking sounding a little pervy here but i have a hard time listening to this song and reading this song and not straight up seeing like wild sex scenes in the whole night <laughs> I, I, mean... I mean if you read it through it's it's pretty heavy man and the whole time she's like and you're blown away that i'm doing this while i'm doing a handstand you know i'm not i'm trying not to curse and do her lyrics but <laughs> this one is just wild all the way around you're uh, right it, it, I doesn't, mean, it doesn't fit there for me uh, knowing her um what Madonna song did this remind you of it, it's just small like pieces of like uh like Vogue or when when she gets in, you know, to her raspy talking, 
um it it, it just that yeah. it, it wasn't like a madonna okay. overflow for me right. but it was definitely some some hearkening back to that and i think madonna spoken spoken word i think of like justify my love Heard, heard. And no, uh, that's not this. <laughs> no, no, more so like Vogue. Okay. It, it, it reminded me of that Vogue-esque sort of, uh, okay. sort but, of feeling. It, yeah, it I'm was, thinking it was Madonna weird, being though. like, I want to kiss you in Paris. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not this. No, not at all. Not at all. But, okay. Um, yeah, but Definitely an odd one on the album. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but with that being said, we're now at our PM side of the album where we're kicking the night off with uh, our track number seven, which is also the second single, River. Uh, Miley Cyrus said that she was inspired by this song because she had a dance party with her friends and they all had to bring their gay best friends with them. And uh, it was so funny. She said like, oh, we were listening to all the legends like Madonna and Paris and Lindsay. I thought you're going to put Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan in there with them. Okay. It was such a weird line. Like she started off with legends and then was like Paris, Lindsay. I forget the third one. I was like, what? uh, Britney's in there. But Britney's (laughs) been doing it forever. I'm like, okay. But like, I was like, what? I mean, I'm not surprised because she actually did sing with Paris Hilton on her New Year's show, but. That album actually has a weird cult following. Paris Hilton's solo CD that she put out in 2006. Um, But yeah, I was like, okay, that's not who I think of as a legend, but you do you, Miley. Like, you're going to say Diana Ross and then Paris Hilton. Yeah, right. I was like, what? But anyway... um, this is a uh, this is a pure on disco song. That's all this is to me. And the one artist that this reminds me of that she didn't mention as one of them. This remind this is so Gaga to me. Okay. okay, it's especially in that second verse when she's like saying like "Have the honor of my babies." That just Nerd. oh, this would have fit. This it just gives me such like that Gaga spoken word that she was doing like on the songs on Born This Way, like, I can just hear her saying, I I just, oh, it's so gaga to me, but it works really, really well, and admittedly, I don't think it's the first time Miley's taken after Lady Gaga. Heard that. <laughs> at all, um, but that's a discussion for another time, um, but uh, I wouldn't have picked up on this at first, but Miley said in the show that this song is nasty. Yeah. And, uh, well, she also got belief that um, you thought it was something else. I heard she said something even nastier than uh, what you thought it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, regardless, she let us know that it was about sex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this song is uh, definitely about sex. And, Which, uh, I wouldn't have picked up one. I'm yeah. with you on that. So she didn't censor, tone herself down too much for Disney upon right. her return. Right. <laughs> but this isn't as obvious as some other stuff. I was like, oh, okay. But um, either way, I still really like the song. I think this is a banger. This is yeah. just a good dance song. So yeah. great dance song. It really is. I'm with you there. I, I, I even give it a little. I love the disco 
holler out on it, but I give it a little bit of a synth pop love there. And I, I thought you were going to say Giorgio Moroder there because that's where I go on this a little bit. Um, maybe it's just I want Giorgio Moroder to be a part of most of our podcasts. But, you know, uh, I definitely I definitely hear well, some of that synth pop there. Corey, with the, uh, you saying that, does that mean we might be talking about Donna Summer in the future? Because if that's <laughs> right? the case... <laughs> I'm on board. I think we might have to make that happen. So heard that. Heard that. I'm surprised she didn't say Donna Summer in the in the uh, the legends. You know, I mean, yeah, that's a legend right there. Yeah, but yeah, th- that synth pop vibe here is is right there, and it is a it's a dance floor banger, man. It's you can see the inspiration. I love again. I go back to this awesome little piece we have with the Disney Plus thing because you can see where. She just really writes specifically from inspiration. She actually has a line where she says, you can tell if you know me, like the time period, like the piece of time where it comes from. And that's where I I base a lot of my inspiration. I love that. You can feel that. She said, hey, man, we had this wild dance party where we were Rapunzel hair and the whole nine and little tiny shirts and little tiny shorts. And you did it. You captured that here. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh so as I said, this is the second single and she dropped the video with it and the video just fits it perfectly. And again, you just see that homage to the stars of the past. Like I definitely got Madonna Vogue vibes from the video because it's a black and white video Okay. with Miley Cyrus dancing with 14 shirtless men. Okay. <laughs> and the fans doing their investigative journalism that they do. There was something that they pointed out. Uh-oh. 14 is the number of women that Liam Hemsworth cheated on Miley Cyrus with, apparently. Time out. That's what they're saying. Liam. Which, that's terrible. Liam, shame on you. Shame on you for that. Um, yeah, and, but also, Miley, if that's real... Let oh, somebody know because that, that's another genius piece. You're killing me over here with you're blowing my mind with these things. I I I, I really like to think that that is on purpose and it probably is. I think it is, and I forgot to mention the other one about him cheating too. Um, this one I think might be a bit of a stretch, but there was a rumor that in the flowers video she's wearing a dress inspired by Jennifer Lawrence because. A lot of people think one of those ladies he cheated on her with was his Hunger Games co-star Jennifer Lawrence. Wow! See, I didn't know all this background. I, I didn't I knew until the recently. <laughs> wow! There, there's so much. There, she really is all out on this album, but you got to know her. I, oh man, there, there's some, there's some layers to be peeled back. Still, yeah. I, I got to go back on she, some of these. She provided the hot tea for us automatically. <laughs> for real. We we didn't need to do much digging for this. I was like, oh my goodness, okay. But I think that's so smart of her too because she knows that there are people who do this stuff. Yeah. Because, oh, every single Taylor, I know this happens a lot in the Taylor Swift fandom. They decode every single video, every single statement like, well, she did this. I see this number in there. That means she's going to release Speak Now Taylor's version on this day or whatever. <laughs> like all the time. And Miley knows that people are doing this. And she's playing into it brilliantly. I think that's just smart on her part. Yeah. That's, that's just gen- smart. 
genius, genius. I love it. She's I love just it. somebody I have so much respect for, frankly, because not only for this genius marketing, but just the way she's navigated this industry for almost 20 years now. Her. Like not anybody can just do it. And she's still got her head on straight. She's had some wild moments, but she's doing pretty well for herself. I think she's got her shit together, frankly, especially for having been a former Disney star. I mean, uh, uh, look at her age period, you know, Uh, it's a time where you really find yourself. uh, At least a time where I really found myself, my thirties were, were some, some powerful years. So kudos to her. I, I, I can only believe that's what we're seeing. Well, yeah. Well, also I think her, her former Disney peers, I think, have been on some dumb shit lately. But <laughs> yeah, hot tea take. A lot of people might not agree with not related to this album. Selena Gomez is an instigator. That's all. See, now I'm, it, I'm it's not going to speak because I have no idea. It's a whole TikTok drama that. Is that it, the Wednesday girl? No, that's, no, that's no, no, Jenna no. Ortega. Selena Gomez. She was on. She's another. She she's the one who used to date uh, Justin Bieber. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. My All bad, that hit crap with Haley Bieber on TikTok or whatever. Being a mean girl. Didn't she used to mean girl beef with Taylor Swift back in the day? Or was she on Taylor's side? I, I don't see. No, I don't Selena know and stuff. Taylor are besties apparently. Besties. Okay. That's but. Right. Selena's an instigator that, but she plays the victim, and everybody's like, "Oh, poor, we're Team Selena, poor Selena." It's like Selena, it, Selena's loaded. She doesn't need shit, and she's well, she's ungrateful too. I think, but um, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> we're talking about. I just wanted to say that because that's been bothering me lately. Stop feeling sorry for her. <laughs> she's had some issues, but just stop. Gosh. But anyway, enough about her. River is a banger that yes. Selena Gomez is not capable of making. So, <laughs> I heard that. And frankly, so is our next song, track number eight, Violet Chemistry. Um, this one's got a lot of people on it. Uh, the most yeah. uh, notable um, writing credits I saw were uh, Sia and James Blake were the ones that really popped out at me. But this is another dance song it's not quite as disco-y as river at all but it's just kind of about having a special connection for just one night she says may not be eternal but nocturnal nothing more yeah (laughs) so i love it it. and um what's impressive me is yeah there's four producers on the song which usually i think kind of leads to a cluster fuck but this song is very cohesive. It comes together very nicely. I just think it's another really fun dance song. And again, continues that nighttime vibe. This is what you'll hear at the club. This yeah. is what you're going to hear. And uh, I like the lyric, that violet chemistry. Like, that's cool. I, I dig this track a lot. I really do. Yeah, I, I dig that we're staying in that nighttime vibe, too. You know, we're staying in that synth pop slash dance feel. I did feel it was a tiny bit muddled at the start of this song, but rated 220, the bass and vocal, they have this beautiful syncopation and almost a dance with each other. And for me, I feel like it has a real Sia feeling at this point of, of the song. 
But right in my notes, for a song that felt like it was going nowhere at first, it really finds itself and keeps me interested throughout the four-minute-plus track. It's a, it's a great track. It's well done. It started off a little bit, just for me, a little bit muddled, and, and I did. I automatically put that to the amount of producers on here, but then by the end of that song, I had forgotten. You know, it really comes together. I, I dig this. This is a great track eight. I completely agree. And I'd love to see a video for it, actually. I think that would be sick. That'd be a great video. But uh, yeah, just another really solid tune. And now we're going to continue with uh, some of the same people on our next song. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Track number nine, Muddy Feet. This one features Sia. And um, yeah, this is a tell-off to a cheater. Like, don't come in my house with your muddy feet. Like, like I'm not dealing with this. I'm not doing it. And uh, cool concept. It works for her if she was cheated on that many times by her ex-husband, because that's terrible. Um, This song uh, samples Ella Washington starving for love, and there are Five producers on the song, and, uh, oh, th- this is the, um I'm my least favorite on the album right here. Uh, I think there is just way too much going on in the production, and uh, it's, like, it's a short song. It's not even two and a half minutes long, and that's kind of like an interlude, but this doesn't feel like an interlude. It's just way too, it's overcooked. And the thing that bothers me the most about this, this is one of the songs Mike Will made it as a producer on. And this is a hip hop beat, but she's doing a rock vocal over it. Like this is her most aggressive vocal on the album. And you're singing it over a hip hop beat. It just doesn't work for me. I don't like this one. And, uh, Sia doesn't really add that much to the song either, I don't think. I think that's a waste of a good talent there. Yeah, the, Muddy is is what we're looking at here with, <laughs> yeah. with the amount of people working on it. And I'm with you, man. And the trap beat that I just put with Mike Will made it, it just it doesn't do anything but take away from this song because it's so powerful. This song starts off with a piano riff and a drum. I'm sorry, it starts off with that beautiful piano riff and then you get the drum and bass hit with such power followed by super powerful, angry lyrics from her. Um, you know, and, and it's it's almost through this megaphone distortion and I love that. And I, I really love her lyrics on this piece. I didn't know about the Liam stuff, but automatically I knew where she was. This is a powerful song, but it falls prey to overproduction. I love the word overcooked. This one had, it feels like had way too many hands in the pot. And I feel like they lost her. Meanwhile, she's screaming over this with a beautiful message. Wooded the weeds and killed all the roses. Love that. Love that line there. Um, but it, it loses its validity because it, it you, 
the song can't figure out what it is behind it. You know, the, the, the production and the composition, as far as the musicality goes, can't figure out what the hell it wants to be. Meanwhile, I feel like Molly knew what she wanted this song to be. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed because I like these lyrics so much, but I, whew, I almost use the word hate, but I really dislike the way this song is set up. I do too. And, um, out of the non-bonus tracks, Billboard did a ranking of the album Worst to Best. This was at the bottom of the list, and rightfully so, I think. And they said, like, yeah, there's too much going on, but you better believe it'll rip when she performs it live. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I have literally have goosebumps right now. <laughs> and it'll be a much better arrangement. They can just make it a rock song like it's supposed to be. Yeah, take the trap right out of it. Yeah. Well, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I could go on. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you felt the same way because I was worried yeah. that I was, again, the only one that heard that. But, man, no. it just, oh, man. I, I dig her being loyal to working with people that have done her so well in the past. And, you know, sometimes you might not even see things the way that we see them because you're working with friends. Again, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here. But bottom line, I just... Not the one for me. It, it I mean, will be. I love that. It will be. When you see her yeah. perform this, I guarantee we get other versions of this throughout time because it's powerful, man. It's well-written. This is another one that, to her writing credits, I say kudos to you, girl. Kudos. You are evolving. Yes, but it's just... And I mean, again, again, and with Mike Will made it, if they, I don't know how close they actually are, but... I mean, some of it, I'm sure, is commercialism as to why he's here. He produced her most successful album, Heard. after all. But, I mean, on this song especially, I just know that's where the trappy is coming from, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Because she's not there. She's not that girl anymore. She's not We Can't Stop Miley anymore. Yeah, and even in the Grammy nighttime aspect, it just it still oh, doesn't no. fit. I, I go, I go for a million times. I don't yeah. think it works. Um, But... Fortunately, we're we're done with this song now. I'm glad to be. <laughs> wasted potential. Um, yeah. And now we've got Wild Card as track 10, which is a, it's another love song. And um, this one's about just having doubts about falling in love because she's a wild card, which um, that's just such a Taylor Swift theme to me. <laughs> the anxiety of falling in love again. That's so her. Um, what's interesting about this song is the people she wrote it with, uh, um, Kid Harpoon, Tyler Johnson, and Tobias Jesso Jr., the same people who wrote Boyfriends with Harry Styles. There you go. So, uh, there's that. Um, I mean, when I hear this song, I can definitely tell that this was originally, like, a piano ballad kind of song, and, uh, she has kind of an aggressive vocal over a subdued production, and um, I'm not sure it entirely works. I think this song's pretty middle of the pack. I, mean, I think it's okay. I don't love it. I just, for me, I feel like this should just have more of an emotional impact. It has those elements to it, but the production just doesn't take it there for me. That's really my issue with this one. Yeah, I have in my notes almost feels like she's trapped, but in the same mindset that you're talking about right here is I feel this evolution and emotion inside of her lyrics, but it's almost like they won't let her do it and keep. It's another track right in a row where I just don't feel like it lines up 
composition wise to where she, her lyrics and 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 the emotion inside of them should land together they just don't line up i completely agree with you and i'm glad we agree about wild card it's still much better than the previous song don't Most get definitely. me wrong but it also it just uh, there there it just could have been better unfortunately and that's always just a letdown when you know there's something great there and the production lets it down yep unfortunately i think that could be frankly i hate to say i think that might just be a fallback a shortcoming of these producers not right. that they're not great producers but i just can't help but hear their work and think I, I said it before with Harry's house. There's other people who can do this so much better. Heard. Like, that's why I want Harry to work with, like, Jack Antonoff. And uh, if he wants to go funky, call, like, Pharrell or Timbaland. Like, just, yeah. there's other people who do this better. And same for Miley, for that matter. Like, I now I'd love to hear her work with Jack Antonoff, because not everybody loves his style, which I understand, but... He's brought out the best in some in uh, the people he's worked with, not just Taylor Swift, but that. in general, like Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell album. That's one we'll have to talk about one day. What an album. Hell yeah. What an album. But oh, we're still on this one. And uh, we don't have those guys producing our next song, uh, the penultimate song here, which is Island. And. She talked about this one on the special, and she said that it was based on the idea that everyone's a stranger to her, but she's a stranger to no one. And uh, she's just, she's asking herself if the life she's created is a lonely island or a paradise, which is an interesting concept. Um, it's produced by B.J. Burton, who's most known for his work with Bonnie there. Uh, BJ's worked with Miley before he did a song with her in 2019, which I haven't heard because I really wasn't following her at that point in time. Um, I, I like the idea of the song a lot. Um, I do think that it kind of after a while just meanders and she repeats the same line over and over again. And if we're talking about this nighttime side of the album, I don't think this goes with that at all. This is way too laid back to be representing the nightlife. Uh, when I hear nighttime LA, I'm thinking dance songs. I'm thinking River. I'm thinking Violet Chemistry. This just isn't, this is more of a morning song for me, not a nighttime song. That's the biggest issue I have with this one. And I just wish it were a bit more concise too, but this is not a nighttime song. Nope. Nope, it's not. In fact, gosh, man, we're, we're hitting on the same levels, even on the week one. For me, this wraps us right back around into the first feelings on this album. Not Flowers, per se, but again, I, I've already said I think Flowers could have been somewhere else in this album, and I really think Jaded could have been the opener or should have been the opener for this album. And in that same sense, I'll give Islands a sunrise late night you watch the sun come up because you've been up so late feeling, but as far as a nighttime feeling, it's not there. Um, I love the introspective look into herself. I love the thought process behind this. I love it more now that I've heard her speak of it uh, in the Disney plus uh, special, but I really love, again, this is one that sort of is her really having some neat lyrics over top of, 
a lackluster song. Um, and without going too far into the next track, for me, this is the end of the album. This is how you end the album. You end the album and let it loop right back into the start. And then it's your endless summertime vacation in, in its whole realized sense for me. I think even with the soft rain that, that ends this song, the trail off to like a soft rain, you could even say that that's just like a quick rain in a tropical setting um, in, in the early morning. And we're right back into this loop of the endless summer vacation for me. I just, it, it, in the penultimate, in this 11 track with one behind it, I don't know, man. I, I, it falters. You're right. It meanders a bit because it's not the end of the album. Yes. And uh, well, now that we're there, we are at the end of the album with track 12, which is Wonder Woman, a song she talked about quite a bit on the special. She said she wrote it after her maternal grandmother died. Uh, that lady ran her fan club for a long time, which is awesome, I think. Um, she, she was on the verge of saying that everybody that got a autograph within a couple of years was from her grandma and i was like don't say that molly like at least let those people think that that was your autograph but, yeah really i was like oh okay yeah. but uh anyway the song in general it's about her family tree it's about the lineage of her grandmother her mother and her and she says like we all have our points and together we're all just kind of one wonder woman and I think it's interesting that she chose to write about her mother, too, because uh, throughout Miley's life, so much of the focus has been on her father because, again, he had a big hit song in the 90s, sold a ton of albums, and also was on television with her. So a lot of the focus is on that father-daughter relationship. So you don't always hear as much about her mom, Tish, that's her name. Uh, and her parents are now divorced, too. So you hear even less about her now. Um, but I think that was important. Like, she was like, I'm really close with my mom. And, uh, I mean, her mom's gotten high with her before, I'm pretty sure, from what I've read, actually. <laughs> Oof, there you go, Ma. So, Party it up. yeah. Um, so, um, and, uh, so, okay. Great concept for a song. I like the song. I think it's a beautiful piano ballad. I think her vocal is so delicate. It just is so effective. And then when she does let it rip, it's just more powerful when she does out of that delicacy. It doesn't fit on the album. And especially with this nighttime theme, this is not a nighttime song at all, but... I just don't think it really fits with this concept or the album. And I get why you want to include it. It's a good song. It's a beautiful track. But inside of this concept you're going for, it just doesn't fit. That's really it. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm literally to the T on notes with you. Powerful, beautiful song. I love it. I love it as a beautiful song. But for me, and I've done a lot of searching on this one as far as like, where could I fit it in? Where could it? Where could she fit it in? Because it's something that rings true to her. It's definitely a beautiful song that she wants to share with the world. It's something that means a lot to her. But unfortunately, Molly, this one doesn't fit this album. You know, it, it, I've tried to find a place in there. But even in the daytime sense, this just, man, I, I, 
I wish you would have saved this for the next one. The yeah. only, the only, I'll give it the point that you gave Harry at the end of his sonically. It says to me, like, where is she going? I see, I've seen this evolution going through, but as far as this album, man, it doesn't fit. Beautiful song, but not here, not as the closer. Again, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that Island should have wrapped up the album and I've, I've I've said enough about that, but Wonder <laughs> Woman, come on, man. Who who put this? Uh, Molly, I love you. You put it right on the end of the album. It means a lot to you. Darn it, it just doesn't fit this one. No, and I didn't really think of where she goes sonically next. If that were the case, I think we'd be getting an album of piano ballads. <laughs> that's true, that's um, true. I mean, unless she wants to, like, go gaga on us and do A Star Is Born, but... Hey. Well, again, she's taking after her again. It's not the first time. Heard that. But I but, mean, even just seeing her grow, you know, with, with yeah. the voice and the lyrics, who knows? And and, that, and this one is like that. It's a it's a beautiful song. I can't say that enough. Just not here. Yeah, not on this album. It doesn't work, unfortunately. But still a lovely song. And the, the deluxe edition of the album ends with the demo of Flowers, which is stripped down and piano and Miley notes that it starts with her being more hesitant at first in the first course, but by the end, she's much more assured and confident. And uh, I mean, the beautiful lyrics are there. We've got the bones. I'm definitely glad they turned it into something bouncier. Oh, yeah. Because it needed that. It's a celebration song. It's not a sad song. No, I mean, this literally was the demo, though. I mean, like you yeah. couldn't have you couldn't have shown a more perfect example of a demo. Like this is Miley sitting at a piano showing five producers. All right, here's the song. What do you got? You know, the, yeah. the, it's bare bones. I mean, it's a cool addition as a bonus track, but I mean, yeah. It's just the demo. <laughs> and she put it out about a week before the album's release. And um, what I find interesting about this rollout is in a lot of cases before the album's release, you get more than one, at least promotional single out. You usually get like two or three songs out before the album. But in this case, I don't think they didn't do that because the lead single took off so much. They were like, we don't want to ruin this momentum. We got to the song's not dying. So why would we put out another and before the album comes out? Yeah, it, I mean, makes sense. So that's does. why they put out the demo for the lead single, because why wouldn't they? You're going to bonus the demo, then put Wonder Woman behind this. Wonder Woman makes sense as a bonus track after the demo. And then you yeah. can have it on this album on the deluxe version, you know? Yeah. And then end with Island. Damn it, Miley, yeah. you should have called me first. I would have told you this. <laughs> Yes, yes. But there we have our endless summer vacation. Huh? I can't wait for the summer um, just because it's so damn cold outside, frankly. <laughs> it's going to be concert season. And it'll be a good time. So I'm excited yeah. for that. But we have come to the end of this, our first ever new release. How exciting. Yeah, man, it was awesome. All right, but. Now we have our, what they might call our premature evaluation, but I feel pretty confident in my score for the album. I've listened to it enough. I'm sure you do too. What is your grade for the album? For for me, this is a real look at an artist that we've seen grow up before our eyes. You know, it's, this is the first time 
for me, I really think that she shines as truly just herself and she's not emulating pieces of her inspirations as she comes into her own as a 30 something year old artist. And it's exciting to hear here. Um, she really showcases her beautiful and unique voice and whether that be in the actual singing or her talent for painting pictures lyrically and it's it's there and even though i feel a few tracks are in the wrong place as i said for this album it still does speak as a cohesive piece and it does at the very least try to tell the story that miley has talked about in the press and on the disney plus special and for that i give this album a b plus all right i'm gonna go a bit lower than you i'm gonna give it a solid b and uh, again, same points as you. I think this is a really solid, strong album. Um, again, I do think that there were just some, some of the production really just was not right for this. I think they really just, I wish it were just a bit more streamlined production wise and we would have, it would have bumped up for me. But the good stuff here is great. The good stuff here is fantastic. I'm really digging it and I'm definitely going to be listening to this album quite a bit throughout the rest of the year, I'm sure. Um, definitely a winner for Miley, and I'm definitely excited to see what she does next. But in the meantime, I will definitely be enjoying this one for a while. What was, your, what was your favorite track on this album? River. Dig it. I what a go. banger. That's all. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a disco banger. Of course. It is, it is indeed. I really love Thousand Miles. I really love another my favorite great, track beautiful this. song. A beautiful, beautiful song. And uh, there we have Endless Summer Vacation. Oh, how exciting. There it is. So crazy that we just did this. But um, now we have another album, and this is one that is in your wheelhouse. I don't know about this. So please tell us what is our next room in Harry's house that we'll be looking at. The next room in Harry's house has two gentlemen that were on the Harry's house album that are near and dear to my heart because of what they came together as two thirds of a trio uh, a couple of years ago. And that's Pino Paladino and Mr. John Mayer. And they came together as two thirds of the John Mayer trio. So we are going to take a look at their debut album, Try with an exclamation point. Uh, from John Mayer Trio. I, it's, it's one that I love and I got to see live. And uh, I, I really think it's, it's a great one that everybody can get down and enjoy with. This was, uh, we'll do a little bit more next week, but this was John's first step out of the pop scene to do what he wanted to do and what we had seen him do with Clapton at Cross with with Eric Clapton at the Crossroads Festival and really get down and play some blues. Um so it's it's a it's a neat departure, uh, especially at that point in time from for who John Mayer was in the public eye. All right. I'm excited to do it. I've never heard this album before, but uh well I'm probably going to be seeing John Mayer in the fall now because of the Oceans Calling Festival, which yeah. is very exciting. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but yeah, in the meantime, well, of course, do the usual. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Turntables and Tea Podcasts and on Twitter at Turntables Tea, because I couldn't fit the whole name in. And also follow and rate us wherever you're listening to us, whether it be Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, we're on all of them. 
And uh, just thank you all for the support. And now a couple of announcements. So with this episode, and we will also put this on our social media, and we did a poll on the last episode asking, which Harry Styles influence do you want to hear covered on the show? And we gave you four options. We got Lizzo, David Bowie, The Beatles, and Paul Simon. Four very big artists, and it was a very close race. But we did have a winner, and it was Ziggy Stardust himself, David Bowie. Very exciting. But we want your help again, because when you have a catalog as wide as Bowie's, it can be hard to choose just one album. So that's why we want to hear from you. So we'll have a poll attached to this episode, and you can choose between four Bowie albums. The choices you'll have will be 1972's Ziggy Stardust, 1973's Aladdin Sane, 1975's Young Americans, and 1983's Let's Dance. So all very well-regarded albums with iconic songs on them. Uh, Big shoes to be covering Bowie, but it's going to be a good one. I'm very excited for it, but we want you to pick for us. I don't think you can go wrong with either of these options. No, not not at all. And that's why it's that's why we need your help because it's so hard to pick out of these four which one to do for you guys. So you guys pick it and we will rock it. Yes, we are going to. And another announcement. So a while uh, about this week, I saw a message that I got like two months ago. I was embarrassed to have just now seen it, but it was on the um account for our sister podcast, Turn Back Time, the Share Podcast. A fan of that show asked me to appear on their podcast, which is called The Iconic Dollcast, where they talk about um, dolls throughout time, which uh, it's a pretty big uh, doll collecting community out there. So pretty interesting stuff. I think and they asked me to come on and talk about Share with an emphasis on the share dolls and i will be doing that i will keep you posted as to when that will be but i know we're recording this week and uh, i'm excited to be talking about share again because i haven't really gotten to go in deep with that in a while and it'll be fun to do that again so i just want to let you all know that keep your ears and eyes out for that one and uh, yeah in the meantime just vote on that poll and help us decide which david bowie album we're doing and it's fitting that it's on our miley cyrus episode because Miley sang Let's Dance with David Byrne on her New Year's special. Oh, we're trying to sell Let's Dance. I see you over there. <laughs> uh, like I said, you can't go wrong with any of them. <laughs> All I'm saying, I won't be voting, so I just wanted to point that out. If you're a Miley fan and you're listening, that did happen. But in the meantime, buy yourself some flowers. Dance on the river, do what you gotta do. We'll see you next time for the John Mayer Trio. Peace!